Al. Yes. Do you ever have the problem where you can't escape from crossing fates? Often, actually. That's that's real strange. I I have I also have that problem. Wow. Who would have thunk it? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that's something we should explore. I think so. I think so as well. If only we had the platform to do that. Oh, right. We do. What a shocker. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Welcome. This is episode 80. What did I say? Three? Three. I've completely already forgot. 83 of the Season Lamer Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. Hello. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al, the queen of Otome and Ladium. Hello. We got some games to discuss today. Plural. Plural. Games. Like a bee. Like that Dragon Ball Fighters. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. I mean, we already already talked about it. I know, I'm saying, we're not talking about that. Don't get it in your head. Go listen to that episode. Yeah, go listen to that episode. That was seven months ago. Oh my god. Um, But yeah, we are talking about... What are we talking about? We're talking about some games. <laughs> oh my god, you don't remember? <laughs> we're going to talk about a fighting game. Yep. And an Atome game. Yep. We'll be talking about Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. And... I'm I'm gonna try and get this name right off off memory. <laughs> Psychedelica, uh, uh-huh. of the Ashen Hawk. Correct. Wow, I didn't think I got that right. <laughs> that is the name, Psychedelica of the Ashen Hawk. I thought there was like more words to it. Nope. Well, there you go. That's what we're talking about today. Because of course it is time to check back in on Atome because it has been a month and the summer of Atome has finally concluded. But we have to talk about it. Hold on just a ding-dong minute. Yes? I'm looking at the box art, and there are words underneath the title, and I'm trying to see what they are. Snowdrop and Via Kalido, which is a thing in the game, stories for children. I would not give this game to children. <laughs> Isn't that game rated in for mature? It's rated T for teen. Oh, Blood, mild language, partial nudity, use of alcohol, and violence. Why is it? Why is this not mature? That usually would put you in mature. Right. Oh well, Jesus. there you go. You can give it to children um, then. Why does it say Snowdrop and Via Kalido stories for children? Because it's rated T for teen. Oh my god! All the kids can play Psychedelica of the Ashen Hawk. Oh. I I hope that they don't because. And this is interesting because that's like one of the more risque ones that I've played. So um, I'm surprised it's rated T. The SRB was sleeping. Apparently. Or they're just like, no one's going to f- play this game. So we'll just put <laughs> this T. No, no children's going to be interested. No children. No child is going to be interested in this. Or they just really, really liked it. And they're like, you know what? Everyone oh, needs to see fine. this. <laughs> yes. There should be no barrier for entry for this you don't have to show an id just everybody needs to play this game there you go i don't know if that's true but anyway psychedelic ash and hawk <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah we're gonna talk about uh, a wide variety of video games today mm-hmm. 
Lots of characters. Lots. But we're going to start off with uh, some cross tag. We are. We're going gonna to hop in, make the tag, and jump into this game. Oh my god. So this was a thing that got announced, I believe, like last year at Evo. And made sense on a lot of things of of Arc make basically making a game of like some of their some of the series that they've made, you know, like Blaze Blue, like Persona 4 Arena, and then adding in Undernight. The one like weird exception was Ruby. Yeah. Considering like the one game that was made was like an action game that's kind of trash. So like that's a series that's making its fighting game debut. And also these are at least the fighting games specifically are games that have completely different systems. <laughs> so that was a thing where it's like, okay, how are they going to, are they going to just let those systems be go full wild and just make it completely chaotic? Or are they going to like try and rein it in and make a universal system for everything, which is basically what they did do, mm-hmm. which is, which is it's smart and also kind of a bummer. Cause they would have been wild. if like, Oh, he- <laughs> Every Blaze Blue character has like their own system. All the Persona characters have their own system, <laughs> which probably would just be delicious for like balancing and all that stuff. But oh, I bet. Uh, what we got though is a selection of characters from Blaze Blue, from Persona Four Arena, from Undernight in Birth, and from Ruby, and and also a really fun game. And a really fun game. There, that that is true as well. I think it helps that like the the systems are kind of more simplified in a way. They are um, because um, I've been playing these games for a while. Like I, I started with Guilty Gear and have continued on until Guilty Gear was no longer good, and then I switched to to Blaze Blue, Blaze Blue, whatever you want to call it. Um, or is the sometimes the the opening says Blay Blue? Blay Blue. Um, no one understands how to pronounce this this series apparently. <laughs> Nobody, because I've heard it's pronounced so many different ways. But um, I started playing that when it came out, and so I've, I've, I'm familiar with the system of it. But um, yeah, it's it's been simplified, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, really, no. um, because it, it lowers like the barrier of the fighting game entry, which is a good thing, because then more people can play it, and um, Luckily, it's uh, got mappable buttons, which made me very, very happy. <laughs> True. Like, I don't think this game is as accessible and easy as, like, Dragon Ball Fighters no, is. No, but it's not really meant to be. Right. I mean, this isn't this is an anime fighter crossing over a bunch of different games that, you know, are kind of niche in their own right. Right. So, if you're picking this up, you kind of have some idea of, like, what fighting games are and all that sort of stuff. So, like, you don't need to be, like... Soup that accessible, I would say, but like they do make it pretty easy to like hop in and get your feet wet, yeah, which is good because that makes it. I mean, for people like us who aren't like super deep into like the the fighting game scene, like it makes it easy to pick up and play and just have like a a good old time with it. Oh yeah, and I, I mean we we played the the beta or demo or whatever version yeah. it was, and then um, we've spent several hours like a lot of hours just fighting each other and it was amazing amounts of fun yeah it, it was a wild wild time and we had some like <laughs> crazy moments that like <laughs> for people of like our skill and stuff like shouldn't really necessarily be like 
that intense and just crazy, but like they they totally were. Oh yeah, like that one that I'm still mad at you about, where like <laughs> I thought I had you and you had like no health whatsoever and came back and killed me. I'm still mad at you about that one. <laughs> Partially because you recorded it and saved it. There you go. <laughs> I mean, we had like a bunch. We had numerous fights that like like that where it's like we're both down to like a pixel of health, and it's like who can get the final blow in and you literally can see no health bar whatsoever on either side. We're like, Oh, yep. it's great. Also like just in, in general, like just being able to like with the way we play, we do like we rando every character. So, we, <laughs> so that makes it a little bit more live and die by the rando. Yeah. Live and die by the rando. It makes it a little bit more fair in terms of just like, you know, not playing the same characters over and over and unless the rando decides that. Yeah. And it really gives you an opportunity to really try out like everyone. And that's really been something that I think that's been fairly interesting and fun about this game is just like going into those other other sections that's not the persona section and finding like, oh, well this character is real fun to play, this character is real fun to play, or this character's a pain in the butt to play or play yeah. get played against. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea who Hyde was, but then I started to hate him because of how good you were with him, <laughs> which like, you, you, it was just a rando. You pulled him and then you're like, oh my God, I'm really good with this guy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like uh, specifically those Undernight characters are a lot of fun. They are. They really, really are. And I wasn't expecting it because I had no idea what they were like. I like, I think only heard about that game like this year. And, like, knew a little bit about it, but I hadn't played or anything. But then this came around and, like, introduced us to those characters. And it was like, these are these characters are a lot of fun to play as. And, of course... I also... Oh, sorry, go I ahead. Got, I got somewhat decent with Ruby as well, mm-hmm. um, which I wasn't... Like, I was not expecting. Because my knowledge of Ruby, like, the show, is basically none. Right. I knew that, like... The the big booby cosplay girl um, voiced a character, and that's all I knew. Do you know what I'm talking about? Her name's Jessica, but I can't remember her oh, last yeah, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the extent of my knowledge. And um, I have watched, like, a couple of seasons of that show when it first came out. It's I don't eh. like the art. Yeah. Um. Which, I mean, like, that doesn't always stop me because JoJo is one of my favorites and I hate the art <laughs> for that. But, um, like, Ruby as a character is super fun to play as once you figure her out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of different characters. Like, there's there's a the handful just at the beginning, and then they've released a few DLC packs that have come out since release. Not all the DLC packs are out. Uh, nope. Apparently, the rest of them will start coming back out again in August, allegedly. Okay. Uh, but the ones that they have out now are, like, a handful of characters from each individual series. So, like, the Persona ones, you get Kanji, Aegis, and Naoto as the DLCs for that. And they spell Aegis in the Japanese way, which is real strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, later on, you're going to get Akihiko, Labyrinth, and Mitsuru to to round out pretty much the the OG Persona 4 Arena cast minus Teddy. My love. Even though it's a terrible version of him. <laughs> if you want to, I mean, if you 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 can listen to our episode last week to understand that. That's true. You can. And then the uh, 
and then Blaze Blue and Under Night are also getting more DLC later on. Uh, Blaze Blue currently the DLC they had they put out is Platinum, Jubei, and Hakumen, and then they'll eventually get is a Yoi, Mai, Natsumi, and Nine the Phantom or Nine. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, Under Night, in terms of DLC, has Ore, Carmine, Batista, <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> we'll get. Merkava, Mika, and Yuzuria. And then eventually, I guess, like, or I guess also the president of ARC was like, hey, we want to do season two of DLC for this game, which apparently will not, or is season two isn't with any of the other DLCs that are currently out or going to come out. So, that... so there is a chance for Taokaka. Yeah. Good. I know someone from Ark was saying that they wanted to include characters from Nier as DLC for this game at some point. Like that was like a wish list thing. So if like oh. that's well, if the, if that's like the direction they go in, with like we're gonna bring in characters from even different, like either media or series, whatever, into this game, that could be really interesting. It could be, but it could also get really overwhelming uh, really quickly. That is that is completely true. But <laughs> I think with what they've done so far. Like I would have faith in them to like to do it right. Yeah. Of course, like you know, when this game was announced, there was a lot of controversy about the DLC. Considering really? there was there's 20 characters in the in the game at launch, and then 20 more coming in DLC. So you're getting only half the characters at launch, and having to pay for the rest. Yeah. So that was the big controversy about that. Uh, like eventually. They kind of, like, try to meet people halfway and be like, hey, you're not going to pay, like, full price. You're not going to pay, like, or pay the the same as retail price for the game as you are for the for all the DLC. But it is still a lot of characters as DLC that they, they especially could have included, like, these first couple packs in there considering those characters are in the story mode. Yeah. And show up in the story mode. Like, they probably easily could have put those in there. And not have them as DLC, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, when I went to download them, several of them were free. The Ruby characters were free. That was it. The Ru- No, my, the kanji pack for me was free. Well, you're lucky. I had to pay for that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, when I went to download it, it was free. I think because I got it early, they, it was oh. still priced out. But I think eventually, like, a little bit later on, it did go free. But, yeah, I totally paid money for that. Tragic. Yeah. I've paid money for the rest of them. Right. Um, but yeah, when I got that, it was free. There is a story mode to this game, as I mentioned. There is a story mode, and it's separated weird. by, like, all the series. Right. So you get one, uh, about Blaze Blue, one about Persona 4 Arena, one about Underdite, and one about Ruby, where you basically fall around the titular characters of those games, and run into pretty much all the other characters in wild shenanigans of crossover funness. Well, and the Blaze Blue one is essentially like the main story. Correct. Um, because it all circles back around to the Blaze Blue one to get the 100%. And I mean, the game does have Blaze Blue in the title. It does. Um, although the, the Persona 4 one, the ending was pretty fab. It was real good. It was so good. I mean, granted, that whole story for me was just real fun just to seeing all of, like the p4 characters interacting with each other again yeah like i'm just completely down for that so i mean same um like 
It was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. I, I wish that um, like the whole crew had been there, but um, yeah, like the, there was one interaction where like Naoto was talking with people and Kanji's like, "Hey, I'll take care of this. I got this." And then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna fight." And he's like, "Wait, no, that, that's okay." And then so like you have to jump in and fight as the other Persona characters. But he's like, "I'm coming, <laughs> Kanji. You're adorable. <laughs> I love Kanji." It would have been kind of cool to see, like, as well, like, the, the later DLC characters, like, the P3 crew of, like, Akigo yeah. and Suru and Labrys as well show up in this, but, like, that's a little bit of a bummer, but granted, you know, thinking that after Dancing All Night, like, that would be the last time I would see this crew interact with each other in a new setting, mm-hmm. like, getting this, getting something new with, with these characters is fantastic, and also just because, like, they got the entire, like, voice cast back. Which is awesome. Yeah. I wish that they did have them in there because, like, the Blaze Blue side has people show up that like aren't. Well, actually, they all do. They um, or I don't know about the the Fates. Uh, wait, what's it called? The what? The the one with uh, Hyde in them. Oh, what's, the what's... Undernight. Yeah, um, I don't know about them because I don't know any of their characters. But like Blaze Blue and um, Ruby had characters show up that like are DLC characters, right? Um, like the cat guy. But it was just like those first uh, three packs. Yeah, but I'm saying like it would have been cool if they showed up because yeah. like it would explain their presence there better than just like, hey, or, you paid for them, here they go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And considering Iga shows up, like it makes sense that like the others would show up, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but getting to see everybody in the in the in the uniforms was pretty funny. I loved it. That ending is so good. It's so good. And okay, so to be honest, like the only route that has like an actual story to it, um, besides just like character interactions, is the Blaze Blue one. But the rest of them, like the gist of it, is that like the main character is given like this crystal thing to protect, and they're told by the the crazy robot voice that, you know, if they collect all the shards that they can go back to their home world. And so they just fight through everybody trying to, to do that. And collecting all so that, the, the keystones, I think is what they're the called. The keystones, yeah. So that's literally the plot in most of them is just like, fight your way to get the keystones to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Persona 4 one was amazing, though, because... It was the only one that, well, it's not exactly true. Um, it was one of the only ones that had, like, all the characters converge again post, like, the ending. But they're all in the freaking uniform. <laughs> like, they, no one else, under, like, has memory of, like, what happened except for the P4 crew. And then there's, like, well, hey, guys, uh, we've got another transfer student. And everyone's, like, man, so many transfer students this year. It's real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so good seeing them all in the uniform and they're and they're all like why is narukami here like he doesn't go to the school anymore you don't even go here (laughs) um which they did make like a riff on the fact that he was still wearing his uniform yeah i really really wish we had gotten some like alternate uniform for him because like why are you wearing the uniform he's like i don't know i was on my way home from school and i just showed up here and apparently like now i'm in this gear no one Yosuke knows. Very confused. <laughs> I mean, it's the same from like the fighting games, where like he just shows up in his normal school mm-hmm. uniform, even though he completely doesn't go to that school anymore. 
doesn't go to that school anymore. Everyone's just like, well, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just so accepting of it. Like, eh, all right, he's in the uniform. And, you know, I say that Yosuke was really confused, but Yosuke's really confused, like, most of the time. It's true. That's just him in general. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the other storylines kind of, like, end with, like, similar, well, not, I guess, kind of similar. It's like, oh, either we get out of this or just like, oh, we're trapped in a never-ending loop of this and everyone else yeah. is here now. Shrug shoulders. But then um, the Blaze Blue one is where things get some kind of resolution. Because mm-hmm. you have to play through it once in order to like really do much anything. I think you get to like 80% on that one. Um, you can also get a higher percentage if you get the bad ending, which I got the first time on accident. <laughs> Whoops. Good job. Um, yeah, don't trust the guy with the chain coming out of his crotch. Don't ever do that. Never. He's Mm-mm. a pervert. He also looks like the Joker, so, like, stay away from him. He's one of those guys that's like, I'm looking for my Harley Quinn, you know? <sighs> like, dude, shut up. <laughs> He's that guy. Um, anyway, he also has a chain that comes from his crotch, even though it doesn't actually come from his crotch. Don't trust him. You will have a bad ending. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, it's just kind of like, the same general idea of like we have to get through these characters to get our keystones. If you complete all the other story modes and then go back into the Blaze Blue one, then you're given more options of like you run into these characters and like there's a prompt of like, do you trust me or something like that? And you have to say yes to all of them except for the chain crotch guy. And when you start trusting the characters from the other games, that everything comes together and you get the true ending. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool, because, I mean, like, power friendship, you know? Never heard of that before. Um, but it's also neat because um, for the final battle of that route, you actually get to choose who your tag partner is from any, uh, like, from, like, the main characters of the other games. That's cool. Yeah, so, like, you go in and you're, um, Ragna's is the main guy and so you're Ragna and you you're given the choice of like Ruby Hyde and Narakami as your like cross tag for that final boss so it's neat I like that idea that it's like all right you know you made it here you trusted everybody it's all good let's let's do this <laughs> um it, it, it's bizarre <laughs> and from what I gathered it was all like a weird mess up on like Rachel's part did I get that right sure I think so like there's something that Rachel did that she's trying to get everything back together because of her like vampiric powers and stuff anyway it doesn't really matter because it's a plot line for a fighting game and they never really (laughs) make sense the only fighting game that makes sense is Tekken because your dad throws you off a mountain into a volcano pretty simple I mean not really. Pretty that's some simple. Int- that's some pretty intense family dynamics that we got to work out. It's true. But, um, I mean, it was fun. And like you said, I think the best part of it was like seeing the characters interact. Mm-hmm. And it also helped me get to know the characters that I didn't know much better. Um, like I have a general sense of like what the other series that I wasn't involved with, like what their characters are like. Yeah. So that helped. Um, Yosuke kind of hit on Ruby, which I'm not surprised by. 
not surprised by it all. That's Yosuke for you. Mm-hmm. And also runs into and rides his bike into trash cans a lot. Yeah, he actually, like, and one of them, I think he runs over Ruby. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he runs over Ruby at one point with his bicycle. And she is just like, oh, yeah, it's the one with Hyde. Because Hyde's like, why are you bullying this girl? Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not bullying her. What's happening? <laughs> oh boy! He runs over with his bike. Um, but yeah, we had a really, really good time with this, and playing online was awesome, especially with the rando, because um, there are characters that like. Jared's stupidly good at and there are characters that I'm stupidly good with mm -hmm. and then like there are characters that we're both stupidly terrible with yep. <laughs> and so it's just kind of a crapshoot of like what we get and it's so much fun um which I'm pretty sure like if you could you'd probably ban me from playing Noel ever again <laughs> oh man <laughs> it's rough am I right I mean probably <laughs> <laughs> I would ban your hide easily I mean that's fair Oh, um, uh, I would also ban your Yukiko. Oh, yeah, okay. Which we also figured out that she is completely broken. <laughs> She's very, very broken. Um, Yukiko, if you can keep people away from you, you can heal her entire health bar. And just stay there while like people just spam attacks at you and don't hit you. <laughs> Cause, it's ridiculous. Because there was one time I did that and you were just hitting, trying to throw projectiles at me and I was just like, healing, can't do anything. <laughs> So I just gave up. I just let it go. I dropped the controller. I was like, all right, you win this one. It was real good. Um, But I have a, a pretty intense keep away game with Yukiko. It's true. It's hmm. it's over if anybody gets near me. Like if anybody gets near me with Yukiko, it's over because she takes so much damage. But if I can keep you away from me, good. You're going to be caught on fire. Oh. A lot. <laughs> or hit with fans. Also, we uh, we discovered the the fantastic team of Team Tob. Tob. Team Tiggle Biddies, which is Tiggle Biddies. S and um, what's his face? Gordo? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. Because I made the joke about Lizzie McGuire. Because <laughs> they got Tiggle Biddies. <laughs> They they both had tickle bitties. Like one one is a lady and one is a guy, and they both have just ginormous boobies. And um, so that's that's Team Tob. Um, there's one guy who terrifies me. Like every time he comes on the screen, I'm just like, "Go away! You're awful." Which one's that? Is he one of the big dudes? He's the one that like wants to consume everybody. Uh. <laughs> He's not big, big. He's he's like a medium big, around the same size as Gordo, but a medium big. He's the guy who wants to eat everybody, and he like always wants to fight. And anytime he has like any kind of like ending battle phrase, I'm just like, Hoo! that's that's definitely the noise you make. <laughs> it is. It's basically that like every time we would have him in a fight, and then go to like the end battle, I was just like, ooh, <laughs> please stop. You don't remember this. Like, kind of. Um, I don't remember what his name is. Because I'm bad at life. Um, I mean, you, you're, everyone knows how much you... I'm good at names. I'm good at remembering names, yes. 
That's why I had the boy cards out for later. <laughs> Fucking boy cards. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's see if I can find uh find what the heck heck fire this guy. Azrael. Oh yeah. That guy. That guy. That guy. That guy. Um, one thing I really like about this game is that they have the same thing from like the Persona games, where they have a bunch of color palettes that represent other characters. Mm -hmm. So you get like a wide variety of those, especially from like the Persona series of like characters that aren't necessarily represented mm -hmm. in this game. So like for example, uh, a lot of the a lot of the characters, like everyone has like their own like Persona palette of like, oh well, here's a a character or a color option that represents someone from the Persona series for everyone. And like a lot of them are just like, well, here's a reskin of like the characters already in the game. But also they, they have some like weird deep cuts as well. So like Noelle has a Maya from Persona 2 color palette. Hmm. Uh Rachel has a Chidori one, which I believe That makes sense. Yukiko also has that. She does. Um Hakumen from Blaze Blue has a Susanoo <laughs> color palette. Oh. oh my god. Which is something you wouldn't expect. No. Uh Platinum has a Nanako one. Uh the aforementioned okay. Azrael has a Takaya color palette. That makes sense. Uh Jubei has a Teddy one. Uh Yosuke has an Akichi one from Persona 2, which I believe he I think he has that in, in P4A originally as well. Um Kanji has a Baofu one, so I I I wish that also came with the the notion that anytime like he wins, he sees he says his piece, but then in parentheses it says in Chinese as well. <laughs> uh, Naoto has a Yukino one from Persona Two. Also, uh, Yu has a Ryoji from P Three skin. Yosuke has nice. a Jin from P Three skin. Nice. Chie has a Fuka one. Nice. Kanji has an Akihiko one. Nice. Naoto has a Ken skin. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, I guess, of course, has Labrys and Metas because that makes total sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, Carmine from Undernight has a show skin. Also makes sense. Gordo has a Junpei skin. I, I guess Junpei with Tickle Bitties? Yep, there you go. <laughs> okay, wow. What we've always wanted. Uh, clearly. <laughs> But yeah, those are like the, everyone else is kind of like, well, they have like, oh, it's one of the characters already in the game. But yeah, those are like the ones that are like outside of the scope of the game. And some of them are real interesting. Uh, the Persona characters as well have like P5 skins because that makes sense. And yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would assume as well, like once we get the other DLC packs, like the other characters will also have corresponding color palettes for other characters as well. So I'm, I'm, I'd be real interested to see like, who they put what for like? Shows up? Yeah, for her like Akihiko and Mitsuru. Labra supply just have Igus and <laughs> Metis. Yeah. Because of course, but like they could do some real interesting things with those and and the other characters as well to see like who else they could throw in there if they're throwing like you know Strega and Persona Two Eternal Punishment uh, main characters in there. I hope like as well like they just throw like Revelations Persona <laughs> color schemes in there. <laughs> That would be real good. Um, one of my favorite things about this game is actually something that has nothing to do with the game itself. Oh, yeah. And that sounds really bizarre, but I had so much fun with it. 
Um, so you have like that lobby area that you hang out in and you oh, can yeah. pick your little character. Yeah. Um, and it has like all the like the actual emotes and that has the stickers you can use. And then the two of us were playing around because they have like what is it called? It's not a motto, but it's a um whenever you have like your verses title card thing. Yeah, it's like it's just a phrase you can put. Yeah, it's a phrase. And like some of them are hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so um, we we played around a lot with that, with uh, adding in new phrases. And I I have a Yosuke um, little character because they're all chibiified. Yeah. And I have him as my current character. And anytime we would fight, no matter if I won or lost, whatever happened, I would just have Yosuke on the ground crying, throwing a tantrum because that just seems Yosuke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also it's great because he looks really sad all the time for some reason. And so, like, I would just have him just, like, haul ass around the arena so he would smile. Because he has this, like, big, goofy smile when he runs. So I had fun just running around. Also, there's a little creepy dude who gives you money. It's true. Thanks, dude. And you need money to unlock stuff, so that's real nice. That's real nice. But that was fun. I really enjoyed doing that because... Although, like, during the, the demo version, they stopped me from being able to put more stickers up because they said I was spamming stickers. <laughs> it's true. It's pretty tragic. But now you can but, do that to your heart's content. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, the characters that I have now are, like, Yosuke, Kanji, and Noel as my little runaround characters. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, that makes sense for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, which I'll buy Akihiko, and eventually I plan on buying Chie and uh, Yukiko as well. But <laughs> Gotta earn that money. Well, I have a ton from beating the story mode. Oh, yeah. Like, I have a gross amount of money, which it goes fast because they're like 25 grand a pop. Mm-hmm. And then things uh, like the um, the color palettes are like 10 a pop, 10K a pop. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't ever buy color palettes because I don't I don't really care to change them. How dare you? I just don't. It's been a thing that like I've never really cared about that in video games since yeah, Street Fighter. I've never changed colors. I only care about it because I like the the alternate Persona costumes. Yeah. Cause that's fun. This game is fun. This game is fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that it was it was a good game. Also came with like a weird mini disc CD. Yeah, and I was like, I haven't seen a mini disc in ages. Right, I think the last time I got like a mini CD was like in two thousand when those were like popular. Yeah, I'm like, what? And it's like this can only go in a pop out slider CD thing. I'm like, oh my god, guys. I mean, it could be worse. It could be the Diddy Kong Racing CD soundtrack where it's shaped like Diddy Kong's head and destroyed all the every CD player that ever existed. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea. It was weird, though. I'm like, um, okay, I guess this is a thing. Mm-hmm. So I have I have the, the... I ripped it to my computer, but, like, it's so tiny. It is. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Well, there you go. Stretch for it's good game. Stretch for good games. A good game. Uh, yeah, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. It is uh, it's a very very fun game. Very good game. 
definitely one that you should check out. We should play more this week. We definitely should. Things have calmed down a little bit for me. We, we have, should. We should play. We have still. We still haven't gotten to play those. Uh, those last two DLC packs. Correct. So, yeah. Once everything calms down for me a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna fight. I'm ready for that. Good. I'm ready. All right, SpongeBob. <laughs> And of course, like like we said earlier, like August is apparently allegedly the next DLC pack, and then uh, the twenty first of August will be the next one, and then September will be the final pack of supposedly season one, and then if there's more DLC, like who knows when that'll show up or if that's actually going to happen. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll um, see. I really would like Talcaca to show up eventually, but you know, we'll see. She was my my previous main her and noel were my my switch offs for uh for blaze blue blaze blue whatever so and maybe if you do a season two they can just include like the other characters from like ultimax so you get like yukari junpei yes ken maybe they'll throw in like teddy and Reese as well in there liz um Reese was so much fun to play she was complicated but she was fun your favorite character marie adachi fight me I think that's all the Ultimax characters in, like, Margaret? I want to say that's it. On show. Yeah. I think that's it. Could be wrong. Either way. There's a, there's still a wealth of characters they could pull from there. They're probably not going to include, like, P5 characters. Yeah, I don't think so. If they did, it would probably just be, like, the main character of that. Like, considering they... They've talked about wanting to make a P5 fighting game, but that's not been formally announced or in the cards or anything quite yet. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like get your hopes up for that. If like that's something you're looking forward to, but it could happen, but most likely probably wouldn't. But also I've said things like that in previous episodes of this podcast and it immediately comes out. I was like, Oh yeah, this is actually happening. I'm like, well, yeah, great. great thanks. Yeah. It happened two weeks ago with Caligula. It did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tomei? Let's talk about some Atome. Alright, so Psychedelica of Ashen Hawk. <laughs> um, it is actually a sequel in a way of uh, Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly, which I was not expecting. Um, so if you haven't played Black Butterfly, a lot of the like twists of it won't really connect as well. Right. Um but when I was playing this, I was like, you know what? This doesn't really feel like an Atome. It feels more like just like a straight up visual novel. And then like the endings are sort of Atome. But you get through 90% of the game. I think I had like 60% of the like trophies or something before I even like dated anybody. Yeah, because you kept mentioning of like, I'm, I keep going through this. Like I've gotten some endings, but like I haven't dated anyone. Like nothing's happened in that regards. It's just been a lot of story. It was weird. So, like, I feel like this would be a game that would work well for people who, like, want an introduction to Atome but aren't, like, are intimidated by the idea of Atome. Mm -hmm. um, except for the fact that Black Butterfly, you know, that, that stuff wouldn't connect as well. But could, could um, they still get things out of this, like, even if they didn't have that previous knowledge of the uh, Oh, totally. You know, I mean, it, it's basically just, like, references. Okay. You would totally, totally make sense of it. It's not like anything hinges on you understanding what happened in Black Butterfly. It's more like a nod. It's like, oh, hey, you played Black Butterfly, but also like 
here you go. That's that's a nod to it. You're like, oh, cool, thanks. But it doesn't actually affect the story any. Right. Um. But you go through like, I think seven chapters of the game before you can actually like get yourself onto a route at all. Which is a long time. Well, especially because there's only ten chapters in the game. Yeah. So. <laughs> But it, it's a really neat story, and it, it utilizes the flowchart system that Black Butterfly had as well, which helps a lot in terms of you figuring out like what endings you're missing, mm-hmm. um, which is great if you're trying to platinum stuff. Flowcharts in general in visual novels are a great thing to have. It's so helpful. So the basic gist of the game is that you're playing as the main character, which I renamed... Because the the default names are ER and Jed, and I think that those names are horrible. Jed, Jed, um, and so you have to pick two names because the protagonist is a girl, but she dresses and presents herself as a man. Which in, initially, when you were like, "Hey, I need names for this," I was like, "Why do you need two names? That's that's real weird." I wonder, like, <laughs> like is there just two dual protagonists in this game or something? Yeah, um, so you have to have, like, a woman name and a, a guy name to, to go through the game. And um, one of the things that I mentioned, I mentioned it on Twitter, and I talked to you a lot about it. Like, this game is super bi, mm-hmm. um, because there's straight-up references all the time about, like, how they liked you even before they knew you were a woman. And I'm like, wow, guys, getting some Shang vibes from Mulan here. I'm loving it. Um it was great and something that I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, totally. Um, because you don't usually get that kind of thing. But I mean, you have one character blatantly tell you, like, I didn't care if you are a man or a woman. I liked you as a person. And I'm like, wow, like, that's awesome. That's so different. So it was mega, mega bye. Um, so what happens in this game is that your main character is um, essentially deemed a witch because there's a rumor in the town that anyone born with red eyes is a witch and is going to bring chaos to the town. If only and they so all the, had clear eyes. Right. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> the the protag, um, she can... She only has the right eye that's red, but she only gets the the red eye when she's like upset or like very emotionally charged. And so normally she just has like blue gray eyes or something like that. Um, the reason why she is raised as a boy is because her guardian figured that if she were a boy, and, like, the red eye flared up that no one would really think that she was a witch because she was a boy and the witch could only be a woman. So um, she's raised by... There are two factions in the town. There's the wolf faction and the hawk faction. And she's raised by the matriarch of the wolf faction. And she also has two sons who are around your age, um... One is named Levon, and one is named Levi. Um, it's spelled Levi, but it's pronounced Levi. Um, I kept listening for it in the actual dialogue because it's all in Japanese, and so that's how you say it. It's Levi. 
Um, so she's raised with them as a brother. And there's always like odd tensions between the wolf and the the hawk families. Essentially, like they both rival rule the town. And obviously, because you're raised by the wolf family, you're supposed to be more sympathetic to them. And what you get from it is that they like help townspeople out and they, uh, you know, they're the, the generous ones. And then you're seeing the other side, which is Hawk, who's like taxing people to death and using violence and that kind of thing. And again, you're seeing it from their perspective. So I'm not really sure like what the truth was there. Right. But that's how you see it from Protag's perspective. And so most of what happens in the actual story has to do with that rivalry between the two. Um, which is crazy. It's more like a political drama than it is anything <laughs> else. Um, so anyway, um, once the protag got, I think she was raised by the wolf mom until she was like 12 and then she decided that it was too dangerous for her to stay. So she moves into the outskirts of town into this tower that no one knows about. And there she finds the Ashen Hawk. <laughs> he is not a bird. He is a man with red hair and an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, like, she refers to him as master, which is creepy, but... um. She says that she's essentially his servant. She feeds him. She takes care of the tower in exchange for living there. And you keep hearing about, like, how lazy he is, how he sleeps all day, and, like, he never does any kind of chores. I'm like, that's the life, man. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then he'll just randomly disappear sometimes. Um, he always jokes that he's a sorcerer and a ghost. All the time he jokes. And she's like, oh, it's a funny joke. It's a really funny joke. Why would you do that? Why would you call yourself that? And he's like, I don't know. Um, so whenever a character does stuff like that, you're like, okay, yeah, you're one of those things that you're saying you are. Totally just a joke. JK's and- JK's LOL. KKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKK
what? And he's like, so you're a woman, huh? He's like, you can't, you can't tell anybody that. You, you can't do that. It's a he's secret. Like, yeah, fine. It's all good. And then he disappears, and she's like, oh, shit gonna go tell everybody <laughs> well i'm boned um so she finds him at the church and she also finds this mysterious man named lawrence and lawrence rents the church but isn't a priest but acts as the priest and also um elric the kid lives with him with his bunny rabbit usagi and um lawrence is basically saying that there is the the Kaleido Via Bio, whatever it's called. Um, basically, it's an ornament that is displayed at the masquerade every year. And it's supposed to symbolize a unity between the two factions. And it's housed in the church, but it's been stolen. So he hires Protag as a handyman to go find this thing and basically like offers her a salary that'll set her for like the entire year. So she's like, yes, <laughs> I, I will do this. Um, so then the rest of like the early chapters are spent with you, like investigating the town, trying to figure out like where this thing is and getting to know people. And that's one thing that can get kind of tedious and boring about this game is that there's a map mechanic. And so you have like all the different locations in the in the game and you'll have the short scenes, which those are fun. But then you also have like talk to this generic NPC and they'll give you two lines of dialogue. And it's like, OK, I get that, but it, it can get really, really tedious to just click on every NPC and like here the same basic information over and over and over. So it's kind of like the investigation time in like an Ace Attorney game, but worse. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and basically the idea of it is that you're supposed to complete all of those little side scenes and you collect points for each one you, you finish. And then there's a, an old man at the antique shop that you can buy items from. And you use those points to buy the items, and um, that unlocks new scenes. And um, so that makes it so you can actually progress through the game because you have to uh, view a certain amount of short scenes in order to unlock the like further chapters. Hmm. Um, so it can it can get a little tedious, and there were a lot of times that I'll admit I skipped through like the NPC dialogue because it was like I really don't care what you have to say. Not worthwhile. Um, and some of them are interesting. Um, like you'll, you'll hear about like what some of the main characters like favorite foods are. I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. Um, but otherwise it's just kind of like, eh. Um, so it's a whole lot of investigation going on for many, many chapters trying to figure out like, okay, what's, what's going on here? And it culminates in like the night before the masquerade this man comes up behind her as she's walking home and like puts his hand over her mouth and gives her the Kaleidovia and is like, here you go. What you do with it is up to you. And he's a mysterious white hair anime boy. So of course, like things are going to go shenanigans with him. And his name is Hugh, by the way. So, um, she takes him back to her tower and she like falls into a trance looking at it. 
And so Ashton Hawk covers it up with a, a piece of fabric and is like, you can't look at that. You need to return it like immediately. <laughs> and so she does in the morning, she goes to return it and everything's fine. It's back at the church. Let's do the masquerade. Yay. Yay. Um, so everybody goes to the masquerade. Everybody has dumb outfits. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, it should be mentioned because I, I forgot to, to mention it. A lot of the investigation relies on you switching between being a guy and a girl. Um, because the Hawk faction knows that you're involved with the wolf faction when you're a boy. So they won't talk to you. Um, but, there's a short scene in the game where you get a dress and a wig. And so you start like you can present as a girl from that point. Which and is, so it's, there's just a toggle button that you switch between the two genders. Do I? Which that's like, that's a real interesting like way of doing that. I think. Oh, it's totally interesting. Um, like you just click on the name and it switches your gender. It's really fantastic. Um, imagine how that would be in real life. Um, but anyway, so once you switch to that, you can actually go talk to the Hawk faction. They'll actually speak with you because they they don't know who you actually are. Um, which leads to some really interesting things. Uh, like there's this one short scene where the uh, the lady from the tavern is like, hey, I need you to go to this location and break up with this guy for me because I'm not really interested in him and he doesn't really care about me. Like, he doesn't even really know what my face looks like. So just go to this location and break up, and I'll give you money for it. She's like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that. So she goes in her, her wig and her dress, and she goes to break up with this guy. And it turns out that it's, like, the son of the Hawk faction. He just, like, straight up kisses her, like, when she arrives. And she, like, punches him in the face. <laughs> He's like, you don't just kiss people. He's like, I was trying to get the hard part out of the way. I'm like, wait, what? Um, so it turns out that he had been set up by his friends to go on this date. And he thought that, like, if he kissed her, it would get that part out of the way. And he wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. Um, it was bizarre. <laughs> so anyway, um, to the masquerade. Um, Lawrence and Elric, the the priest that's not a priest and the little boy dress you up real nice. And so you go as a girl and you get to choose whatever you want to do. So you can dance with people. You can eat with people. If you dance, you dance with, um, I can't remember. It's either Lavasse or, uh, uh, what's his freaking name? Levy. Lugus. Lugus. Yeah. Levy you eat with, which, I figured that yeah. I didn't know if that was you were going with an L name. It's the only L name I knew. <laughs> they all have L names. Um, there's Levy, uh, Lavon, and Lugus. So the, uh, Lawrence is L, but you don't get to date him. And then Hugh is not L. But anyway, <laughs> they're all L's. H is not an L. That is true. H is not an L. A is also because you get to hang out with Ash and Hawk at some point. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Caca. <laughs> So the masquerade is a great success, and everybody in the town feels happy um, because everyone got together and everybody worked together. And the whole reason they're working together um, for the masquerade is because there's a drinking contest at one point. <laughs> and uh, it's Levy, uh, T, which is the little sister of Hawk, um, and then Hawk, um, so Lugus. Um, 
so it's the four of them and they're given like the special juice from the bar and it's apparently like super nasty mm-hmm. and essentially the agreement is that if protag wins the drinking contest that everybody has to get along they'll make a pact to get along and make the masquerade a success and if anybody else from either faction wins then you know the other has to leave the bar so you know high stakes clearly um and protag drinks like four of them because she's so used to eating the terrible food of the wolf mom that like it doesn't face her anymore and so anyway that's why they're getting along in the masquerade is a huge success and then things turn really terrible really quickly <laughs> because a few days after the masquerade um protag is hanging out with wolf mom and then she starts smelling fire and she's like, this isn't good. What's happening? <laughs> and she goes to the uh, the entryway with Wolf Mom. And it turns out that the entire Hawk faction is outside of their house setting the house on fire. And Bad. yelling that they need to kill the witch. Ooh. And so um, the protag's like, oh my god, they found me out. How'd they find me out? And then the Wolf Mom's like, they didn't find you out. They think that I'm the witch. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. So she basically tells Protag, like, you run out the back door. I'll handle this. And uh, so Protag is kind of, like, watching and freaked out. Because, I mean, like, your house is on fire. It's kind of intense. Okay, hang on. Um, hang, on hang on. Hang on for a second. Okay. This is a problem, I feel like, with a lot of, like, these angry mob shows up at house type scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, like, trying to intimidate someone to get out of their house, you would think they wouldn't leave an exit uncovered. <laughs> they don't. Oh, they don't? Yeah, the the back exit has somebody there. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get to that. I, I was going to say, like, that, that seems like a big flaw of their plan. Like, ah, we're just going to leave the front. We're going to come to the front door. <laughs> back doors. Who needs those? <laughs> um... So she goes out the front door, the the wolf mom, and she's like, all right, you got me. I'm the witch. Do whatever you want to do. And um, essentially what she's thinking is that if they take her down as the witch, that it'll cover the protag because they won't be looking for a witch. Mm-hmm. She'll have a few years of, like, safeness. Um, so she goes out, and they shoot an arrow at her, and that hits her. And um, she falls down, and then she sets on fire a little bit um, because she's, you know, laying down next to a fire. And uh, they're all like, yay, we killed the witch. And then somebody else like, she's a witch. What are you doing? She can trick you. So they behead her on the ground in front of the house. Big leap in logic. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, so Protag is like, oh, crap, they're beheading her. I gotta run. So Protag runs out the back door, and she's greeted by Lugus, the hawk son. He's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I don't know where you think you're going, but you're not going anywhere. And, um, the thing is, at the masquerade, 
again, you're dressed as a woman at the masquerade. He admits that he's in love with you mm-hmm. as a woman. And so when she goes out the back door as a guy, um, he's like, you're not going anywhere. He grabs her by the throat and pulls her like out to a tree and it's like, got her against the tree. Yikes. Yeah. Like a plus dating right there. You know, <laughs> um, he gets worse. Uh, and she's like, you know, you could kill me here, but just so you know, I'm whatever the lady's name is you pick. I picked Ruby, but the actual name is like ER or whatever. It's terrible. Um, she's like, that's me. You're in love with me. And he's like, we? Eh? <laughs> yeah. Eh? And so he lets her go. So they did cover the back door. They just covered it. With somebody who had feelings for her. Okay, so if they're going to do that, maybe get more than just one person back there. That seems like a big flaw in their strategy. Yeah, maybe they just assumed since he's like second in command of the entire Hawk army that like everything would be fine. Or it was and like he... his arrogance was like, well, I'm the second in command. I don't need I don't need anyone with me. I could do this myself. I could cover this back door. Thick try yeah, to come so... out. I'll take care of it. No big deal. That sounds about right. And he's, like, considered, like, the second or third best swordsman in the entire town. So, like, they figured that he'd be fine. He wasn't. Wrong. He let her go. <laughs> um, so now everything's, like, chaotic because Wolf Mom is dead. Um, the two wolf sons are uh, in hiding. And essentially the Hawk faction has just taken over and is... Um, Murdering anybody who they feel like has any kind of association with hiding the sons. Mm -hmm. So everything's bad. Like, really bad. And, um... Some of the route differences start here. But, um, for the most part, like... She's either at the tower or at the church hanging out. And, um, the, the wolf dudes will come and hang out with you and... They're telling you they have a plan. They're going to take down main hawk guy. They're taking down hawk dad. Um, because he's the source of the problems. He's the issue. If we take him down, then like maybe we can figure things out for this town. So this entire like plot is hatched up. And like I said, anybody who like hawk family finds out is involved with it. They're just straight up lynching them. Uh, which is intense. I don't know why they didn't think to look in the church. Like, okay. Uh, also, I found out in, like, two of the routes that they have replica houses, <laughs> which is, like, you know, convenient for the art. But, um, like, yeah, we have several of these houses just around the area that are, like, replicas of our old wolf house. And that's where we're hanging out. I'm like, why would they not check those houses? That's real weird. <laughs> why would the hawk people not check those houses? <laughs> Uh, it's funny um great question so anyway you get to talk with these people and um you're you're, there's a plan hatching um like a bird yeah like a hawk maybe um you find out in the the interim period here that uh levy is a serial killer I was like, I don't really want to date him now. 
Because before that, I'm like, he's the most interesting. I like him. He's got some interesting stuff going on. And then, like, he's a serial killer. I'm like, nope, never mind. <laughs> well, I'm just going to back out of this. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, and it turns out that he has been murdering people since he was a small child. Uh, and his mom exacerbated the problem because she would, like, praise him. And he has, like, a weird praise kink, basically. <laughs> that, like, his older brother got all the attention. And so he wanted his mom to love him as well. And he got that love by murdering people she wanted him to murder. But then, like, he was framing the Hawk family for doing it. Like, he would leave a knife that had, like, the Hawk wings on it. Uh, which I don't know how he just kept getting those. Like you'd right. think that if you're buying those in large amounts, somebody would be like, hmm. Or if you're faking them, like they'd be like, I don't mm, mm. suspect. Yeah. So um, he's been murdering people for a long, long time. And he. Uh, I'm trying to remember how the protag gets hurt. But the protag gets a cut. And anytime he sees blood, he gets, like, triggered into this, like, mad state. Gets his murder so the, boner going. Basically, yeah. And so, like, he, he sees her cut, and he stabs her in the shoulder. <laughs> it's a little and, excessive. Yeah, and then she falls into the river and basically thinks she's going to die. And she is saved by Lugus. Lugus. Sounds like you're, Lugus. like, you're, you're trying to, like... Get some phlegm Cough out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is Hawkson? Um, he saves you and then takes you back to the tower and nurses you back to health. And it's crazy because there's a blizzard going on, so you can't leave the tower. <laughs> You're stuck with him. Of course, there's a blizzard. Convenient. Um, yeah. So it turns out he can't cook anything because he's been pampered his whole life. So he's trying to cook for her. And she's like, this is terrible. I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> um, but he's bandaging her uh, her wound from the shoulder. And um, there's that one like really risque CG that I sent you of him like undoing her shirt where she's not wearing pants. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Um, which... At this point, like, I already didn't like this guy that much, but then, like, he's unbuttoning her shirt to to deal with the wound, and he's like, there's nothing there, and she's like, excuse me, what? And then she realizes that he's, like, calling her flat-chested, and, like, that's so mean. Why would you do that to somebody that you claim you're in love with? God! <laughs> Dude's a jerk. Yeah, I would have thrown him in the fire, man. You're a witch! Which, speaking of fire, um, she also sees that he has burn marks all up his arms. Because this is the first time she's seen him without a coat. And the burn marks have tattoos all over them. So, she's like, that's interesting. Wonder why he has those. Oh, well, shouldn't ask him. We'll find out later, maybe. And we do, but even still. So, you get this quality time with this who thinks that you don't have any boobs. And uh, eventually the blizzard ends and we, we go back to town. She goes to the church and then the plan is put into uh, into place. They also are able to trap Levy and he stabs himself in the hand to prevent him from killing you. 
which basically makes his left hand completely like unusable. Better ways of doing that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably starting like... with get him away from sharp objects. Right. You also find out, um, and it. It's, who tells you this? I don't friggin' remember who tells you this. <laughs> anyway, you find out that it might have been Hugh. That there are four jewels that are part of the Kaleidovia that basically exacerbate any negative feelings that somebody might have and make them worse. And you find out that Levy has one in the form of a ring, and that's part of why his murderous streak has been so bad. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Levon has one that he wears as a necklace. Um, and everybody's like, how is he okay so far? And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Hawk Dad has one. Coco. Which is why he's like super duper terrible. And then the fourth one is nobody knows. <laughs> Mystery. So um, once they, they trap Levy, they're like, okay, you can't have that ring anymore. Give it to me. Give me the ring. And like, yeah, it's fine. Here, take it. I don't care. I don't want to murder people anymore. So, there's that. And I think it's like two days before the the plot to take over Hawk Dad. Protag goes out into this, like, flower field area with T, who is the sister of um, Lugus. And T has a giant crush on boy version of Protag, like giant crush, which again, super bye. <laughs> and um, so she's out collecting flowers and Protag's like, hey, T, do you ever see your dad wear this jewel? And he's like, oh, yeah, he wears it all the time. He only takes it off when he's going to take a bath. And she's like, so I'd really love you forever if you'd uh, bring me that. Oh, God. That'd be great. And she's like, okay, I can do this. And so T waits for her dad to, which you'll remember when I tell you what's going on, like what text messages I sent you at this point. But um, T's like, okay, dad's going to go take a bath. I'm going to look through his jewelry box and try and find the ring. And so she does. And then Hawk dad comes back in. And he's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, nothing. I was just looking for this thing. And he's like, yeah, okay. You're betraying me. <laughs> Takes out a sword and just stabs her. It's a little excessive. I was like, oh my god, I just murdered somebody. Oh my god, what did I do? Because I told her to go get it. It's if I didn't have a choice. There were no choices up to this point. Like, you couldn't actually make any choices. <laughs> and so um, later on, you're walking around the main square as Protag and T comes up to you and she's like, you can see her footprints, but then you can also see something else trailing. And like T gets to her and she realizes that she's bleeding out and that it's a blood trail that's leaving. Um, it's intense. So she takes her to the, um, the church, which a little dangerous in my opinion, because even though Levy gave up his ring, like blood triggers him into that, mode mm -hmm. so like maybe lock levy in a room before you bring in bleeding tea but <laughs> anyway they uh they doctor her and levy's there helping with the doctoring so i don't know what happened there um but they're like okay she's gonna live but 
you know, we don't know what kind of damage is done. But I thought I'd killed her. I was so upset. Um, so the stabbing of T becomes like this rallying point for everybody. And um, also Luggis is recruited at this point into the overthrowing scheme because he's like, that's my sister and, you know, dad's out of control. So literally everybody's on board to take down Hawk Dad. Yay. Yay. So then we get that plot. And um, you can get one ending here because uh, Lugus tells you, you know, if you run into him, do not hesitate. You kill him. And if you if you do kill him, then you get like a, a generic bad ending, basically. Um, if you don't kill him, then you can unlock like all the boy routes. <laughs> so weird way to do that. <laughs> it is. Um, so this is basically like the crux of like where everybody branches off. So that's the generic plot line of the not generic, but the basic plot line of the entire game right there. And then from here on, it's dependent on which route you're on. So if that makes sense. It's a long common route. It is a long common route. And, um, Levon's is really odd because basically at this point in the, in the game, with the hawk dad there, you're exposed as the witch. And so you're put in jail, and so is hawk dad. And depending on what happens there is, like, your guy. Mm-hmm. So you're in prison, and if you're on the Levon route, what happens is he says that you can't be a witch because you're his wife. <laughs> logic (laughs) yeah it doesn't make any sense because like they also accuse his mom of being a witch and so like all right um and so they go to their duplicate house and you're there and Lugus is there and Levon's there and there's this entire negotiation of like you're the wife so you know you can't be a prison you can't be the witch and Lugus looks at you and you have to remember at this point that he knows who you are and that he's in love with you and he's like is this true? Are you his wife? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'm Levon's wife. And so he basically goes into like sad boy emo mode and he's like, okay, I'll just leave you forever then. I guess I have to accept this. <laughs> um, so then you all move into the little, little chateau. And so you're living as a, a girl at this point as Levon's wife. Um, but Levon wants nothing to do with you. <laughs> he ignores you and doesn't spend any time with you. And I'm like, this is a really terrible route. This is not a Tome. And so you spend like several like subsections of a chapter of him just like ignoring you completely. And um, Levy at one point moves out because he's like, I don't want to live here with two married people. Like, this is just not my jam. So, bye, everybody. He gets and, out while the getting's good. Yeah. And, and he's like, basically anything that I left behind, just throw it away. I don't really need it. <laughs> and Protag goes over and she sees this plate and she lifts it up. She's looking at it and she's like, wait a minute. This is their dad. 
And Levon comes in and he takes the plate from her, smashes it on the ground. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to be anything like that man. I'm like, honey, you need to calm down. Chill, bro. Real. And um, so he's just like mad at everything. He's mad at you. And like you're his wife, but like he doesn't want to hang out with you ever. So Protag runs away to the tower. And, um, oh, also worth mentioning that Ashen, uh, let me try again, Ashen Hawk, who is the ruler of the tower, the guy who said he was a ghost, uh, actually is a ghost. <gasps> what? And he's their dad. He's the wolf dad. So oh. she, she goes to the tower and is like, Ashen Hawk, I need advice. Help me. Your son's being a And so he comes out and essentially is like, okay, well, let's talk through this. You know, how are you feeling? What do you think about him? And she she goes into this entire, like, spiel and Hawk Dad's like, so, oh, not Hawk Dad, Wolf Dad's like, so you realize that you're in love, right? And she's like, what? <laughs> eh? <laughs> And and like yeah, you love him, and you should probably tell him. That'd probably be a good idea. And so she decides, like, hey, yes, I can do this. I'm gonna do this. And then it turns out that, like, for some reason, I don't even understand why, because you'd run off on Lavin before, and he's just there. But he's there, and he's been watching this whole time. So um, Ashton Hawk, Wolf Dad, is like, so did that answer any of your questions? You good now? You probably want to go talk to her because I'm pretty sure she's going to tell you that she's in love with you now. And it's like, where did you even come from? Why are you there? <laughs> um, so anyway, um, she uh, she meets him at the church. Um, and there's this entire reenactment of like she'd never seen a wedding before. And so earlier in the church, there was a scene where they had acted out a wedding and he's like ha that'd be silly right the two is getting married eh? Eh? yeah and she's like yeah yeah that, that'd be super silly um also turns out that he's known that she's a girl the entire time i didn't realize that but yes he knew the entire time very perceptive so, so his was less by so anyway you meet him at the church and she's like i'm in love with you you know what we should do? We should actually do this wedding that we did earlier. And he's like, yes, okay, let's do that. So they actually get married, and everything's fine then. He stops being like a whiny tool. Um, it was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then the levy route, instead of like you being accused as a witch, he gets caught as the serial killer, and basically like all the plans of like you know, all the bad things that were happening because the witch were then pushed onto him as the serial killer, which makes more sense to me because he's the one who's actually been murdering people. Um, so he's thrown into jail. Uh, rightfully so. And Levon's like, do you want to write him letters? I'll take you letters. And and so she starts writing him letters and he uh, levies like, you suck at writing letters. You're terrible at this. <laughs> So they do that for a while, and then um, Levon's like, so 
he needs meals. So why wouldn't you, why don't you just like start making him food and then take it to him in the jail and then you can hang out with him for a bit. So then she starts doing that. And so he feed, he gets fed like three times a day by her and they just hang out at the, at the jail cell. And one day she goes there and he's like, I think I'm going to be executed tomorrow. <laughs> Whoops. And she's like, um, no, you can't be executed. What? He's like, yeah, I think that's going to happen. And then there's a new blizzard. And so she gets stuck <laughs> at the, the, the jail. <laughs> blizzard is a convenient plot device. It, it really is. Um, so she gets stuck at the jail and so she, she stacks up like a pile of hay next to the cell and, um, like holds his hand through the jail cell and he yeah. sleeps on the other side. God. Um, yeah. And so she wakes up the next day and she sees that like, there's a cocoon of blankets over there. She's like, Oh, he's always been like this since he was a little kid. You know, he must've moved away from me in the night. I'm going to go make him breakfast. I'll be back. So she goes to um, the mansion. He's like, I'm going to make him breakfast. And LeVon's like, uh, no, you don't need to do that. And she's like, what, what do you mean I don't need to do that? And he's like, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> and she's like, what? He got executed? No, no, he just got exiled. And she's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just... Go to him. I'll go bring him stuff. And like, you don't quite understand. Like, he got exiled. Anybody who helps him will also be exiled. She's like, yellow. So she leaves. <laughs> and she goes and hangs out on the flower field with Levy. And they decide that, like, essentially it's going to be impossible for them to survive very long because there's not anything that you can, like, eat out there. But she's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with him. Just like, not romantic in the least bit, but okay. <laughs> um, so that's his route. And, you know, that's at least he kind of got punishment for what happened. That's a good idea. Lugus has an odd route because his basically involves like killing his dad. Rip. Yeah. So, um,. Instead of actually hanging out with Lugus much, like you're still in prison for being a witch, and he, his dad is in the cell next to you. And so, um, basically, dad monologues at one point and was like, You know, I, I adopted him because he had such sharp eyes, and I realized that, like, I had killed his dad, which, whoa. Um, and that the burn scars were all from him being marked as like the the son of a traitor, because oh by the way fun fact fun facts yeah Hawk Dad is actually Protag's dad. Dun, dun, dun. Um and her mom was murdered as a witch a while back, and um the wolf mom had taken her away because the wolf mom was the one that was responsible for her being killed as a witch because she was jealous because her brother is hot dad. This is all really complicated. I promise. <laughs> and she has like this weird, like brother complex where she's like kind of in love with her brother. And so she doesn't feel like 
she's getting enough attention that like all the attention is going to his wife, which like, yes, it should kind of go there because like, don't love your sister like that. Um, Priorities. So she's like talking to people in the town and she's like, well, you know, bad things are happening because there's a witch. Have you ever heard anybody say she's a witch? And like, yeah, actually, uh, the, the Hawk family, there, there's a girl who said that there. And like, so maybe if we just got rid of her, everything would be okay. So they, they go and set her on fire. And it, it also like is weird because the wolf mom essentially felt like she lost her brother, but she wasn't like very much in love with her husband who is Ashen Hawk. Um, this is all so complicated in my head. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it straight. Um, but she married him out of obligation because she felt like it was like a fake ruse to make the families connect together because with with Hawk Dad marrying a wolf girl and then the now wolf mom marrying um, a wolf guy. So she was a hawk and now she's a wolf. Like they thought that it would bring some kind of harmony into the family. So she thought that it was like a political obligation and didn't realize that like her brother was marrying out of love. And so she got like really, really jealous and didn't like her husband. And it was bizarre. Um. So anyway, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a dad to you, even though like I'm technically your dad. And so I tried to make it up to, to Lugus by adopting him. And the reason he was branded with all the scars was because his dad was actually the one who led the charge against um, Protag's mom and set her on fire. And so Hawk Dad went and stabbed everybody in the church afterwards. And the kid got branded because his dad was a criminal, essentially. And so when he saw him in the adoption thing. He's like, I need this kid because one, he has strong eyes and two, like, whoops, I kind of did this to him. But, uh, the kid wouldn't get adopted unless this other girl came with him. So that's how T became like his sister. So you end up getting a lot more backstory there on like what the family dynamics are. And then Lugus comes in with a bottle of poison. And he's like, so you've been sentenced to death, but you're allowed to choose whenever you die. And so he gives him the bottle, he leaves, and um, Hawk Dad's like, well, this is what I deserve. This is this is going to happen now. And she's begging him not to, the protag is. And uh, he does it anyway. And dies like a really horrific death. Eey. And then Lugus comes out. It turns out he's watched this whole thing, which, you know, probably not a good idea. But, you know, do, do what you want to do, I guess. Everyone's just hiding in the shadows and watching things. Yeah, and so he's like, okay, so now that he's dead, here's what's going to happen. And she's, you know, really freaked out, clearly, because, like, a man just committed suicide in front of her, and that man was actually her dad that she never knew. Um, and so what ends up happening is Lugus is like, so the story will be that he swallowed the poison, and that the witch, in seeing this, became distraught and saw that there was some poison left in the bottle that had conveniently rolled over to her and swallowed it, and she also died. So, 
the plot is to fake her own death, and so they do that, and then she lives in his attic from now on. Like, you know, it's interesting because in LaVon's route, LaVon's just able to say, like, she's my wife, and everybody, like, leaves her alone. But Lugus's route is just like, okay, well, you get to live in the attic. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. So she's only allowed to leave once a year, and that's for the masquerade. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is terrible. I don't like this at all. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there is an Ashton Hawk route, which is really, really short. Like, there's literally only one scene of it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, when you're trapped in, uh, when you're trapped in the jail cell, um, Hugh takes your place for a bit so you can go and talk to people and figure out, like, what you're going to do. And you can talk to Ashton Hawk, and he's like, you could stay here or we could just run away and everything would be fine. And so if you pick run away, then like you go and live in the tower with him forever. Um, and she basically like, if I'm reading the implications, right, she dies so that she can be with him, which also weird to think about because not only is he dead, but he's the dad of her best friends. And also, like, not not exactly related, but, like, her dad's sister was married to him. It's complicated yeah. and weird. Yeah, it's, it's just, eh. and the ending was really boring, so, like, his <laughs> isn't really worth mentioning a whole lot. Um, And one thing that I do want to say is that... um. Lawrence, the kid, uh, the guy who's at the at the church, and then um, Elric, who's the boy with a rabbit. Those two are characters that are coming back from Black Butterfly, but in different iter- like different forms. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a hint at one point. I was like, "Wait a minute! I know who you are! I know who you are!" <laughs> and I got really excited because like Lawrence turns out to be like my favorite boy of that one who was dead. Mm-hmm. And then Elric was the like owner of the mansion with his sister Usagi, who is now the rabbit in in this. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, because at that point you didn't realize like you knew they were connected. Yeah, you, you knew like they were like, oh, these are these forms of characters, but you didn't know how far like they were going to go in terms of like connecting those two games. Right, and then that's what I'm going to talk about next is that they go real far. Right. Um. So then, on the same like branching route thing that I'm, I'm talking about here because eventually I'll go to one last route that's like way off but um there's called like the heroin route and take a bunch of heroin and man it's wild <laughs> um so the heroin route you get arrested for being a witch and um you're put on trial and basically like the pro tag says, yeah, I did it. I'm a witch. I did everything. Kill me. And, um... Do it, you cowards. The wolf boys are all like, um, no, no, (laughs) you can't do that. Please don't do this. No. And, like, Levy even tries to stand up and say, like, I'm the serial killer. I did this. And, uh, she's like, no. You stop. (laughs) Um... 
so she she claims that she's the witch and um she has realized that that fourth missing crystal is in her and so in order for the kaleidovia to be complete you have to put all four of those crystals in Three of them are out, but the one isn't her. And then once the Kaleidovia is completed, essentially this entire world will disappear um, because they're in a version of a psychedelica, which is like the between world of life and death, Mm -hmm. Um, which is how it was in Black Butterfly as well. And, um, you know, there's this whole idea of it. It's like, well, you know, there's the potential that, no one would come back to life anyway because, you know, there's no telling how long they've been in here. And since it's like a, a flawed version of Psychedelica, um, and that's because the Kaleidovia, when the, it was supposed to be like a gate into bringing people back to life. And so Hawk Dad had put his piece into the Kaleidovia and made a wish, but because it was incomplete without the other pieces, then it wasn't a complete psychedelica. So it's a very flawed version. And so there, there's a question of, are their bodies actually still intact or is everybody dead already? And like, if the Kaleidovia is completed, does that mean that everybody will just be dead? Um, and I mean, it's, it's an interesting question, but, um, and the heroine route, the protag, is basically like, I want to sacrifice myself so that the Kaleidovia can be completed and this will end. And you find out later that she had actually conspired with one of the datables in order to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And so she's on trial. She says that she's the witch. And so um, she pulls out a sword and is willing to like fight anybody. And basically, the hawk son, Lugus, shows up and is like, all right, you know what? I'll be the executor. And stabs her right through the chest. Romance. (laughs) Romance. Um, So you find out that she had actually conspired with him, that he was supposed to kill her. He was supposed to get the fourth one, and he was supposed to complete the Kaleidovia can't speak um so this the wolf sons are all like oh my god you just murdered her (laughs) what is happening and um so he completes the kleidovia and then he stabs himself in the same way that he stabbed her because he was afraid that like she wouldn't be able to come back because she died in this world and he wanted to be with her no matter what that's one way to do that Mm -hmm, maybe And so, like, the screen goes white, and then you're taken to a CG. And CG is the protag hanging out with the protag from Black Butterfly, but in the real world, going to school. And it took me a second. I was like, wait a minute. Wait just a dish our minute. I know this person. I was like, I know her. I know that. And then I know, like, the names that she's referencing. I was like, this is so cool. And so, um... They're walking to school, and you get another CG at one point that shows, um, like, a a curly-headed boy and uh, basically, like, a teenage version of the uh, 
the owner of the manor from the first game. So you realize that those two had also been like reincarnated in a sense. And so they're hanging out and, um, they're running to school, the, the two pro tags. And as they get to school, they run into this guy who is a transfer student and is trying to figure out where to go. And, uh, it turns out that it's Logus. So, uh, he did end up getting to be with her in a way. So that was pretty cool. Um, that was a neat ending. That, that's it was very wild. Like when you, I like, wasn't expecting it. Yeah, when you figured that, you were like freaking out. I was like, "That's." It's one of those things where like I can look at it from like the outside and be like, "That's real cool." It was really, really neat. I was that. That's my favorite ending, to be honest. And it makes sense considering like you know, both those games have like the the similar titles, the psychedelic stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they'd be connected in some sort of way like that. Mm-hmm. And with the way like they they basically try to make them look very different in style and setting and all that sort of stuff, like having them actually come back full circle and be like, oh wait, no, this these two are actually connected in this in this way in this ending, like that's that's real rad. It's so cool. I loved it. I was real real excited about it. Which I mean, you got to experience live because I was texting you like so excited about it's true. it. True. Um, and then the last ending is well, there's two for Hugh. So Hugh has two endings and his is weird. I don't even really remember one all that well because it was extremely short and didn't really matter. I really don't remember what happened. But anyway, there's a Hugh ending and then there's what's called the traveler ending. And so Hugh has been showing up at the tavern every single day. And um, the protag goes in the tavern and is talking to him as a girl. And she keeps going back, talking to him, talking to him, talking to him, getting to know him better and, like, starting to actually care about him. And Hugh is just like, I'm writing books. I'm writing books about, like, the people that I see in my travels. That's what I do. And um, at one point, like, the bar tavern lady, the waitress, I guess, um, she quits. And so the protag takes over and is told that, you know, she can stay in the tavern um, and just work at the bar. And so she's staying there and is able to like meet with Hugh more often and talk with him. And that ends up leading to his route, which, um, I don't, I, why don't I remember this very well? I mean, I didn't really <laughs> like Hugh cause he's, he's like one of the weird mysterious boys. I literally don't remember what happened. That's how memorable it was. Yeah, like I know that you keep talking to him at the bar and like he he's writing the books and he's he's awkward and weird, but I literally cannot remember for the life of me what happened. <laughs> um let me see if I can Google. Live Googling. Welcome to the live can... Googling portion of this podcast, sponsored by Google. If you've got search needs, go to google.com for all the things you need to learn about. Do you think Google ever had to sponsor things when they were first starting out? Cuz you oh never you would never hear like a Google ad read. You really don't. I mean, well now well now they're they're so huge they don't need to, but it would be weird to go back like 20 years and like hear like oh, that's this segment sponsored by Google on our <laughs> 
dumb internet radio show that totally probably doesn't <laughs> exist. One thing that I will mention while I'm Googling this is the protag has this one like art where it's got like the creepiest smile in the entire world. It's it's really, really creepy. Okay. Oh, right. Um so one of the endings with Hugh, you find out that he was um Okay, let me start over. Apris <laughs> Apris was Ashen Hawk, who was also Wolf Dad. He has many different identities. Um, he was isolated as a kid because they felt like he was a danger to himself and everybody else because he had like violent tendencies. And so he was put in the tower with this witch and her hawk named the Ashen Hawk. And everything was going fine until um, Apris strangles and kills the hawk. And, um, <laughs> which, like, yikes. And so the witch is like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. No more. <laughs> Later. And then he, he uh, Apris ends up befriending um, Hawk Dad at this point. Um, Hugh is that hawk. Oh, right. Yeah, and I forgot about that completely. Um, so that's that's a thing. Um, Welcome yeah. to Psychedelica of the Hadful Boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god, I dated a bird again. You did. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I don't, I don't even understand, like. I don't remember what happened with Hugh other than he was the hawk. What the heck is wrong with me? It happens. Yeah, I mean, he was real interested in the black butterfly thing. I remember that. Like, he, he kept talking about the, the black butterfly story from the first game. Um, but heck, I, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter that much. He <laughs> wasn't that interesting. Well, there you go. <laughs> Um, cause I, I really can't, can't find it. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter that he much. He was a bird. You dated him. He told stories. He wrote books. Um, there you go. <laughs> there was also another bad ending that was like the brothers ending where they, they killed everybody in the town. Yikes. Except for the three of you guys. Do you remember that one where it's like showing everybody and they were all bloody and it was just literally yeah. the three of them? Because it's like, we're going to get rid of anybody who might challenge you as a witch. And they got rid of everybody. <laughs> they were not kidding when they said that. No, no, it was, it was, it was intense. So, um, anyway, that, that, that's pretty much Psychedelic of Ash and Hawk. <laughs> and that does it for our, our summer of Atome releases. Um, it's tragic. I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do in my life now. It's it's a great it's a great question. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Well, you know there is something you can do. Oh. 
I believe it's time to rank that Atome. Oh boy. Which I don't know if we've ever we ever updated the list from Hot of a Boyfriend, so that might be interesting. Yeah, I don't think we did. Do you remember where it was? Um, nope. Great. Um, let me get a piece of paper. And we'll look at the Twitter thingy. That's what I'm trying to and look at right now. We're going to do a live, live update. Live update. Live, live update. Live. All right. I have found the list. Okay. Let me get my pen. Because we're going to. I want to say Hot Apple Boyfriend came in right underneath Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. I think that sounds right. That sounds about right. Okay. So tell me my current list. Coming in at number 10. I, I guess 10 technically right now until we add another one to make it 11. Yep. Amnesia. Okay, yeah, you. So better than Amnesia. Yep. Uh, is it better than the the next one? Haku, Hakuiki, the, the, the samurai one. <laughs> yes, because okay. I didn't like that one. Is it better than Bad Apple Wars? Because I remember you coming out of this being like, I like the story of this game, of, of the game we're talking about, not Bad Up Wars, mm -hmm. but a lot of the boys I didn't like. I didn't like any of the dateable guys. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's true. So, I don't because I did like some of the guys in Bad Apple Wars. So, as an Atome, it might be below Bad Apple Wars. This is the ranking of Atome, after all. Yeah. So, um, I would bump Amnesia down to 11. Kyoto wins down to 10. So this is the ninth best Atome game. And then nine would be Ash and Hawk. Well, congratulations to Psychedelico of the Ash and Hawk for its top 10 uh, appearance as best of the top 10 best Atome games. Now I'll have to update this list and post it on Twitter. Yeah, so you gotta put Period Cube, Hot Off a Boyfriend, Psychedelico of the Blue Butterfly, Mystic Messenger, Color Across Mouse, Seven Scarlet, and Code Realize. Would you, That's so which, bad! Which, you need to separate Code Realize and the fan disc. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, that's cheating. This is this is tough. Um, I just gotta look at my Twitter, figure this out. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that off off mic. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. Especially considering that I can't even remember part of this. Like I, I, I put it down. That down is. There. That's pretty much where I was kind of expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be as high as the other one. Like the actual story up to a point was like really really good, and yeah. then. Like it, it just kind of like once I got to the dateable parts, I'm like, eh. Atome is a mixture of you know visual novel story and dating. So when you leave the dating on the wayside a bit, then it's kind of like, eh. yeah, that's gonna weigh heavy against it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is a that is another Atome on the list, ranked and ready to go. We need to make like a Google Doc of that. That'd be the easiest way to do this. I agree with you. So we should do that. Okay. Okay. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode where we talked about a lot of fighting pretty much all throughout. Yeah, and, pretty uh, much. A lot of characters, a lot of Tomei. Remember, you cannot escape from Crossing Fates, and that applies <sighs> to most of these games. It's true. There you go. So if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SCC.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared Now Watch, with both, which both have new episodes up, so you can go check both those podcasts out. 
And you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com where she has columns and reviews. Twitter.com slash Anime Checkup where we do Twitter. Patreon.com slash SACOVA if you would like to support this podcast and what we do. And next week we will do something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That's what we do. Yay. Yeah. So uh, look forward to whatever that is. It'll probably be great. Yep. And, and in the meantime, we're going to update this list. So look for, look for that on Twitter, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>